Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. So today, today is the day, the day that we close out, don't clap, all right? We close out the sermon series, God of the Covenant. But it's been a great series. I think it's been really meaningful to me in my life. Um, and then next month, I'm pretty excited about this. Next month is we're going to focus on Missions Month and the impact that Streams Church has around the world. We've got videos coming in from our missionaries. We're going to really talk about the mission of God in our lives and how even in this world today with everything going on, we can have an impact. Um, this series has really touched my life. I mean, with everything that's going on through my life, to know that God is a covenant God, that He keeps His promises. They're always yes, they're always amen. He, he, we never have to worry about His part of the covenant, do we? Like, we never have to worry about His part of the contract. He always fulfills it. And as I begin to uh, turn over the baton to Pastor Sean, I've actually had some better nights and sleeping and uh, some days that are a little reduced in pain. Um, and my, it's not if. Um, it's just with the situation with my neck. It's just how much um, that day. Last night was not a great night, so I'll just give you a, a preface to that. So it usually means I'm not as filtered as usual um, when I'm up here, <laughs> up here in, in pain, to, up here in pain trying to preach. Um, and uh, I've, I've had some conversations just to give you an update, but I just want to say this, and I, nobody here gives me that pressure, but maybe in YouTube land you're out there like, I just, I always push against, um, I like being honest and open about my life, and I, I just push against the thinking that ignoring a situation equates to faith. I think you can be full of faith and deal with reality. I, I, don't, that isn't, I don't think that's a conflict of an issue of faith. You know, I don't have this on my, see, that's how bad I am. Just a second, sorry, Tony. I actually don't have this on my ears, so I don't know. Okay, there we go. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a conflict of faith, because I just think that we have a loving Heavenly Father. It's been sort of the theme of my ministry in life. And I, I sincerely doubt that this loving Heavenly Father would ever withhold anything good because I didn't use the right words, right? Or because I sort of was dealing with the situation that I'm in. And I know wonderful people that are going through... Uh, uh, they're fighting cancer, and they're people of faith, like they're really b- faith. Um, and so that's where I'm at with this. I know he can do it. He, anytime, any moment he wants to do it. But as of now, after uh, through 30 years, he hasn't. So, and that's okay. Um, I've, I've, his goodness is never on trial in my life. Um, and now I'm at a place where, as you know, if you've been around, that the stenosis and the arthritis is now... Um, pushing into my spinal cord, and that's dangerous. That's not a good place to be in. So I have to deal with that, and that's serious. I have to take it serious. Um, so I talked with my surgeon recently and just said, hey, why are we waiting on this thing? And he just said, because most people are freaked out about surgery, and this is life-changing. Once you do this, we can't go back. Um, but I told him, I said, I got plans for my life. I don't want to just sit around for four or five years waiting. So we're looking at next year, maybe February, maybe July, um, if, not, if nothing happens in my body by then that we're going to go forward, that's just to give you an update. Um, and we have a great couple that God has provided to, um, for us to transition to. And I guarantee you one thing, if you don't know Sean and Susie, <clears throat> I, this is a guarantee 
a Lloyd Baker 100% money-back guarantee. Take it to the bank. You will not find another leader or pastor that will love you more than these guys, that will pastor you and shepherd you more than these guys, right? They will, yeah, amen. They will take that value that Judy and I have of loving and shepherding, and they will just continue that um, like you've never seen. And so that's, that's to me, is I, I, can, I can take this seriously knowing that God has provided um, great hands for the people that we love dearly. Judy and I love you dearly. So back to my point that the God of the covenant has impacted me so much because when you're going through a trial or, or a situation that's sort of putting pressure in your life, it's just to know that God is a God who desires a personal relationship with you, that he wants to know about how you feel in the situations, that that's what he wants, that he wants to be chosen um, and that our situation is not based on what's going on, but the fact that we have a relationship with the God and that he keeps his promises always and forever. Um, so I, I put out sort of that Facebook announcement of what's going on in my life. And I have to tell you this story because it's sort of a cool story. There's a guy that I met in Japan uh, years ago, but I only hung out with him for like a day. And uh, he knew my children over there, my son and son-in-law, my daughter. They had worked with him in ministry. And he had met my wife a couple times, but we only hung out once, one day. And he's a guy that's like a, he has a message of anti-bullying, but he's like one of these power guys that sort of bends bars and, you know, bends, rips phone books and like this strong, he does this whole routine in high schools and then talks about uh, not bullying, that, that you, can, you can be strong and be gracious and nice and all these things like that. It's just, it's a great ministry, yes. But he travels the world, and Gateway Church in Texas supports him. So, I mean, when he goes to Japan, he's all over Japan in high schools, and then he goes to the Philippines, and he goes to Thailand, and then he'll, he'll be in Europe. He does it in America. So just this worldwide ministry. We hung out for a day. We had a great time. So I put out the Facebook announcements, and, and all of a sudden he gets, I get an IM from this guy, uh, instant message from this guy. He says, hey, I need to talk to you. Call this number. I'm like, all right. So I call the number, and I go, hey, John, man, it's great to hear from you. And he goes, I just have to tell you something. He goes, um, you know, I'm around athletes all the time. I hang out with athletes, and I work with them. And um, this is what they tell me. They say, you don't, you don't just walk into a Super Bowl. You have your life of training and hard work and, minister, and, and doing what you need to do to get yourself into a place that one day, through all the hard work you've done, you play in the Super Bowl. And I saw your message, and it leapt in my spirit, just jumped in my spirit, and I, I was, the Lord told me to call you and tell you, you haven't played in your Super Bowl yet. So not that this isn't great and wonderful. <laughs> you guys are just a playoff game. <laughs> I'm just, sorry, that's unfiltered. Live and unfiltered. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Um, but I just thought how precious that was that a guy that I barely knew um, who ministers around the world would call me and say, hey, just so you know, like, you haven't hit that. And I, and I get that from friends, right? Friends tell me sort of the same things, but they're friends. <laughs> and my wife tells me how amazing I am, but, you know, but to get it from 
um, someone I didn't know very well, um, was pretty cool, pretty exciting. So the, the promises of the Lord are yes and amen, and that, and that he knows the future, and he speaks to us. What a God, a God of the covenant. And so it's blessed me, um, and I hope it's blessed you. We've gone through um, several of the covenants. Remember the covenant with Adam? That God just said, here you are, you're going to rule over the fish of the sea and the, the birds of the air and the land, and you're going to be in communi- communication with me. And God walked with them on a daily basis and talked. But don't eat of the tree. That was the first covenant. And they, and they broke that, and the curse came. And then uh, God sort of did a reboot with Noah and gave sort of the same promises to him and his family. And then later God said, I'm going to have a people. I'm going to call a people out from amongst the peoples of the world that will be my people. And all the time he's looking for relationship, people that would choose him, that he would bless, and that they would have this relationship. And so he chose the nation of Israel, and then that sort of went sideways with them. And so Moses then, he calls Moses and makes another covenant, the Old Testament, and brings his people out that he would be, have a people there. And then, and then with David as well, that you will be the king, and from your line will come the Savior. And so then finally the Savior comes through God's people in, in the line. And to that, when he died on the cross, the new covenant came. And that's what we've been talking about the last several weeks, that the new covenant is what the, the contract that you have. Um, and that changed everything in our lives. And the new covenant, as we spoke a couple weeks ago, is based on grace. I love this. One scripture goes, grace with the sight of grace. And I told you I like my ribs that way, like barbecue with a side of barbecue sauce. Like just, I want to drown it. My grandma used to make um, biscuits and gravy. She's from Arkansas. But she made, she did it a little differently. Like instead of sausage grease, she used bacon grease. Whew, mama. So I would have biscuits and gravy with a side of gravy. It was healthy. And you would pour that over. And so grace with a side of grace. You're just drowning in grace. Like, it's just poured all over you. That's the new covenant. You say, well, I messed. It's grace with the side of grace. Well, I should. It's grace with the, with the side of grace. Um, and the Father just continually gives us grace. That's the new covenant. It changed how we view the Father. It's changed how we view one another. And Pastor Sean spoke about it the last couple of weeks. I like the illustration. I watched it on, on the TV. Um, the wall of hostility was broken down between the Jews and the Gentiles. It, it, it's been taken down. And man, that just speaks to me that the, the wall of hostility between any people group should be torn down, especially in the kingdom of God. There should be nothing like that. The, there should be no difference in how we love each other, regardless of, of race or politics or economics, that according to scriptures, all that, you know, there's neither fe- a male or female, Jew or Gentile. We are all the loved children of God and that wall of hostility should be taken down because um, he didn't die for just one type of person or die more for one and less for the other. Jesus gave his life so that wall of hostility would be broken down. And so today we're going to get to this part that makes me very excited. You're going to love. It's, it's an eternal co- covenant. The New Testament or the New Covenant is an eternal covenant. And uh, we're going to mean lots of scriptures, but we're going to start... Um, we're going to go through today. We're going to start in Hebrews. And if you know, we've been using Hebrews a lot for the New Covenant because Hebrews is literally a book of contrasting the New Covenant with the Old Covenant and how these were just sort of 
um, shadows of what would come through the life of Jesus and through the kingdom of God. And so he contrasts that. So finally, um, we get towards the end of Hebrews in chapter 13. I've got my trusty glasses on. Verses 20 through 21, he says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and he ratified, means he made it a legal document, he ratified an eternal covenant Jesus did with his blood. He made it official. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will, and may he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him and glory to him forever and ever. Amen. It's an eternal contract that Jesus made official by his blood that we have signed, and Jesus now equips us to do everything that is good and pleasing to the Lord. And it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. It's the last covenant that God will ever make. But yet, it's a new covenant of the one he started so many years ago with Adam. That, like, that was the design. And now we're at that place. And finally, after failure and sin and disobedience, God has a chosen, pure relationship with his creation. It's intimate, and it's personal, and it's forever. But for now, it takes place in a fallen world. So we have that relationship, but it's in a world that, with bodies that wear out and break down, and a world that um, is only temporary. It's an eternal contract we have, a covenant. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, 53 through 55, says, For our dying bodies must be transformed one day into the bodies that will never die, the eternal our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. How many say, I'm so looking forward to that day, right? <laughs> Amen. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And here is something that is super awesome. God has been speaking about the eternal covenant for thousands and thousands of years. Like he's been setting it up. I love the prophets. There are major prophets and minor prophets. I don't know why they're that way, but that's what they're called, the major prophets. We have a lot of scriptures on them. The minor prophets, we have some. Prophets are interesting in the Old Testament because they speak God's truth to God's people. They proclaim the truth. That's part of their job. Um, they explain the ramifications of sin. Like, if you keep doing this, this is what's going to happen. And they explain the benefits of righteousness. Like, if you don't do that, this is what's going to happen. These are prophets. And then they speak to the future. They talk about what's going to happen uh, because of what the situation. They speak to the future. Now, what they also do, what they had no clue they were doing this, they prophesy about things that are thousands upon thousands of years away that they don't even understand. Things that we haven't even seen yet. And there's this dualistic prophecy that you can see. Now that is so cool to me that God was speaking thousands of years ago 
about something that we haven't even seen yet. And so the prophets are really interesting. So we're going to, sing, we're going to look at a couple of them. That God has been speaking this for a long time. Ezekiel. Ezekiel had a lot of fun little ways of looking at life. And, uh, but this is what he said in 37, verse 26. He's the vo- this is the voice of the Lord through him. And it says, I will make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant. And I will give them their land and increase their numbers. I will put my temple among them forever. Now, don't lose that point because we're going to talk about it later. But he says, I'm going to put now my temple among them forever because the temple in Jerusalem has been torn down. But this one, he says, no, this is not going to be that way. I will make my home among them. I will be their God. And they will be my people. And when my temple is among them forever, the nations will know that I am the Lord who makes Israel holy. Now, another thing you can do when you read Scripture, too, is anytime you see Israel in the Old Testament, you can put in God's people. Like the, the, He's talking about my people that I've chosen. And uh, we are now in that category. And I love it. He says, I'm going to make a covenant of peace that the war is going to go away. Uh, my dwelling place will be with them, and I will be their God, and I'm going to be right in the middle. The temple is going to be with them, and everyone will know, all the nations will know, because of this, that I am the Lord, the God. Hosea is another guy. I, I love the book of Hosea. It's, it's a powerful illustration of God's love for a rebellious people group <laughs> and uh, for us. And so chapter 2, verse 16. When that day comes, says the Lord... You will call me my husband instead of my master. O Israel, I wipe out the many names of Baal from your lips. I don't know if you've ever been conflicted in your faith. Where the, Paul said it this way. There are things I want to do that I don't do. There are things I shouldn't do that I end up doing. Who's going to save me from this wretched man? But it's through the power of Christ. And he's saying, there will be a day that will come that I will remove that conflict. Israel was, they'd go into worshiping Baal, they'd come back to worship God. They would go and serve these idols, and then they'd come back to God. And, and Hosea is saying this, there's going to be a day when that conflict, I'm just going to remove it. It won't be there anymore. This sort of conflicting of your faith and trying to work it out, it's going to be over. That's good news. And on that day, I will make a covenant with all the wild animals and the birds of the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground so they will not harm you. This is sounding a lot like the covenant he made with Adam. I remove all weapons of war from the land or all swords and bows. You can live unafraid in peace and safety. And, and Hosea is a guy talking to his wife, so the illustration is that way, but it's God's people. I will make you my wife forever, my people forever, showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you and make you mine, and you will finally know me as the Lord. And in that day I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the sky as it pleads for clouds, and the sky will answer the earth with rain. Then the earth will answer the thirsty cries of the grain, the grapevines, and the olive trees. And they will in turn will answer, Jezreel, God plants. And at that time I will plant a crop of Israelites and raise them for myself. I will show love to those I called not loved. Okay, that's us. 
And to those I called not my people, I will say now you are my people, and they will reply, you are my God. He's saying there's going to be this day coming when, just like it was in the Garden of Eden, God plants everything. All the animals come under the, the, are in peace and safety under the rule of man. It's just like he started with. And when somebody says, well, who planted this? Everybody's going to, sh- well, that's God. Like, I didn't have anything to do with that. And if you notice, when Adam sinned, the curse, what was the curse? The curse is now you, Adam, will have to toil and plant and raise the crops. You're going to have to do that by the sweat of your brow. Because before I did that, now you're going to have to do it. But Hosea says there's going to be another day. It's coming. When, when people go, what happened there? It's like, I didn't, that was God. God planted, he watered, it came forth. That's all the Lord. And that was the day. And it says then there's going to be a people, right, um, that, are going to, that don't know me, that I didn't call my people, who are going to now know me, and are going to love me. And I'm going to say to them, you are my people, and they're going to say, you are my God. I'm going to speak for God. Can you reply that back to me? I'm going to say something like, like, you're my people. You're my God, right? You're my beloved and favored. God is speaking to you. You are forgiven and eternally loved. You are blessed. And that's where we're at right now in this new covenant. Hosea spoke about it so many years ago that there's going to be a day that will happen. We haven't seen it yet. We're, we're gets back to the original covenant he made with Adam. Isaiah 55 is such a great... Here's another prophet. He was a major prophet. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, (laughs) come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. So if I have my choice, <laughs> we have, if I have my choice, I'm probably going with wine because it's all free. And I have a little problem with milk. I have to do almond milk. <laughs> so it's free. <laughs> I have, to, yeah, I don't do, I don't do real milk. Come take your choice of wine or milk. Anybody else choosing wine with me? Please help me out. Okay, thank you. All right. It's free. (laughs) Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? I know it's a rhetorical question, but it's donuts. That's why I pay for food that does you no good, right? They taste great. But he says, why do you do that? Now, listen to me. And you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food, just like they did in the garden. It's going to be there. It's free. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. 
You will also command nations you do not know, and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey, because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Now, I think that's a dualistic prophecy, but there's a lot of depth in there about what the future looks like. I'm of the opinion, I'm not saying I'm right, I'm just saying I sort of lean towards that there will be a new heaven and a new earth and that we will inhabit and rule in this new heaven and this new earth. Um, I, I, I love it, and I think it's fantastic. We're going to talk about the book of Revelation in just a second, but in the book of Revelation, he starts to give definition to what that's going to look like one day, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, and the new earth. And as, uh, as John's getting this story, he has, there's an angel that goes out and measures just the city, the new city of Jerusalem. He measures that. And in our, um, in our understanding, it would be 1,400 miles wide and 1,400 miles long. And so I have an illustration for you. I'm going to show you. I have a map. And I have, uh, just to give you an idea, can we look at the first map? The map, is that there? There we go. I have, I have this little pointy thing. Whoop, I got it backwards. There we go. I'm stepping up my game. Well, last week I was at this auction place, right? And I was trying to get some stuff. And um, I'm waiting for my stuff to come out. And this guy pulls up in the truck, and he's a couple of slots over. And he goes, hey, Iron Man, love the shirt. I'm like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. Like, it was a little weird, to tell you the truth. It was strange. And so then... <laughs> And then I'm looking, he comes over to me and I realize, he goes, I love that shirt, man. I almost wore mine today. And I look down, oh, it's the men's retreat shirt. I go, oh, you're a men's retreat. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I come from the Iron Man group, which is, which is um, from uh, Pure Heart, Pure Heart. And I come with that group. And I go, oh, yeah, that's why I get it now. You're like, and I go, hey, well, what's your name? He goes, my name is so-and-so. And I go, well, my name is, and he goes, I know who you are. what he said. I, got, I know who you are. So I'm stepping up my game because I got a lot to go. You know, I'm, I'm being recognized out in the streets now. <laughs> Wherever I go. So I want to show you sort of what, how big the new Jerusalem is going to be. So I got this map. But before, before we get into this, I do want to make sure you understand that this is not geographically correct. Like this isn't perfect. Because I don't want somebody, especially like one of our young people going like teenager, maybe their parents don't go to church, and they go home and they go, I learned something really huge at church today. <laughs> somebody moved Mexico. <laughs> I don't know where they put it, <laughs> but it's not there anymore. <laughs> and the ocean now comes right up next to Arizona. And if you drive to Yuma, you can dive in and swim to Alaska. That's how close. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to realize Alaska's not there. Everybody get that? Everybody on board with me? Yeah, so the New Jerusalem, if I got my little pointer, if you were to start on the coast of California, Oregon, Washington, and you go all the way over here to this steer right here and go up, all the way up to the Canadian border, all the way down to here, that's just the city of Jerusalem the New Jerusalem. That's how big that city is. Like, that's just the city. That's the capital. 
And not only that, not only is it 1,400 miles by 1,400 miles, it's 1,400 miles high, according to the angels. See, the next one here. Can you grab me the next slide, next picture, please? Thank you. So this is all the spheres. 1,400, let me get my little thing up here, is up here. That's how high it is. People are paying millions of dollars to get up there right now. I don't know how we're going to get up there. Maybe we fly. I don't know. Maybe we have one of those little George Jetson things that goes way up in the sky. I don't know. But that's how high the city of Jerusalem is. Is that crazy? That's heaven. That's just the city of the new heaven and the new earth. And he says, this is here. And I'll, I'll read you the rest, of, um, the rest of Revelation as we understand this now. In chapter 21, 22. I'm going to start there. I saw no temple in the city. For the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Remember Zechariah, what he said? I, I will be the temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is the light. The nations, the nations, we're going to have our missions month next month. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed. At the end of the day, because there's no night there, and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city, nothing evil will be allowed to enter. Thank you, Lord. Nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Like, if you wanted to be on, on a list, like, that's the list you want to be on. The Lamb's Book of Life. Because they're going to be there, somebody at the city gates, and they're going to check. Like, I'm going to walk out, and, uh, yeah, what's your name? Baker. And your first name? Lloyd. But not the attorney. <laughs> not that guy. The pastor. Lloyd Baker's the pastor, that guy. He's saying, come on in. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Chapter 22, then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And it flowed down the center of the main street, and each side of the river grew a tree of life. Remember the tree of life? Mm. Bearing, I love this, 12 crops of fruit with a fresh fruit crop each month. And the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. So here is this, this river down Main Street. And on both sides, and I think it's, just, it's one of those trees that just goes up forever and the canopy goes everywhere. And on both sides, there's a tree of life. But this time we get to partake of the tree of life. With a rotating crop, I've got some, I've got some choices, some suggestions. I think mangoes should be one of them. 
I mean, have you ever had like a fresh mango? I had one in, one in um, Taiwan once. It was mango season. You're driving down the road. They're selling them on the side of the roads. They were as big as Nerf footballs. They were just massive. And, and oh my word, it was unbelievable. And they're going to be in season right when you pick them. You don't have to pick them green. They're going to be ready to go. Um, I, I'm, peaches would be one of mine. I, I just I want that to be a part of the rotating crop. I know you have your own, maybe apples, I don't know. Um, but they're going to be just ripe for the picking. And the leaves, there'll be no sickness, there'll be no death, because the leaves of that tree will be the healing of the nations. No war, no pestilence. The tree of life. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there'll be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. And then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. For the Lord God who inspires his prophets has said this. Tell his servants what will happen. The Lord God who inspires his prophets. We have heard about, it's been intertwined within the story of God for thousands of years, that this covenant is an eternal covenant. For eternity we have this promise from God that we are His. He is ours. These are my people. They will call me your God, my God. We have this as a part of the hope that we live with in this, in this world. And there will be a day that we get to inhabit this new heaven and this new earth and this new city. I can't even fathom what it will be like in bodies that never decay, I'm hoping my pets will be there. You know, yeah, amen. I saw the movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven. I'm not sure about cats, but I know that all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have right, chased that rabbit, sorry. Um, this is a moment right now to say this, this, is, this is for those. And we talked about this in the beginning of the covenant. They're unconditional uh, promises are God. Covenants, it means no matter what you do, it's going to happen. And their conditional covenants with God that you have a part. This is an unconditional covenant that starts with a conditional decision. Like you just don't get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You have to make a decision to come to faith in Christ and to accept it, to say yes and amen to that, to what God is doing. And so I'm going to come back and finish. We were in Isaiah 55, but let me finish those two scriptures. It says this. As he's telling them about the future, he says, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Which, imp which implies that there will be times, there, there is a moment. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he ha may have mercy on them. Yet, tur yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. And I believe there's a moment for every person. And there was a moment for me 
back in 1977 where I heard the voice of God where he spoke to me deeply and he called my name and I came down to an altar and I gave my life. I accepted his forgiveness for my sins. I said yes to him and it's changed my life forever. There was, there was a moment to seek him. We live this life. We don't know how many days we have. There's a moment to seek him and, and to come to faith and to say yes um, and so seek him while he's near. Turn to him, and he has forgiveness. He forgives generously. And so I just want to end today, and I, I hope it has encouraged your heart, it's encouraged my heart as I studied this, that there is an eternal covenant that God wants to make with you. And you have, If you have not said yes to this, this is the moment, this is the time to seek him, to say yes to him. And if you will join me, let's stand together. And if you're watching us, on TV or on YouTube, you can, you can go along with this exercise right where you're at, where you're saying yes to God. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Um, and just listen with your heart. And you can, you can adopt this prayer at the end by saying amen. That's what you can do. So Father, I thank you so much that you love me, that you want to spend eternity with me. Like that's overwhelming, God. That the God of the universe wants me to be a part of his family forever. So much so that you have patiently put up with man, that you've given us covenant after covenant until finally, Lord, you sent your only son to die on a cross for me so that my sins would be forgiven. And so today I say thank you for that. I, I receive that, that forgiveness that was given for me. Lord, I'm sorry for the times that I have rebelled, that I've done things my own way. Please come into my life and forgive me. Give me grace upon grace, I pray. And help me understand, but by this simple prayer, that my name is now written on the Lamb's Book of Life. And the scripture says that heaven is rejoicing for that. And so if that's you today, if you're saying, this is a step I need to take, and I'm taking it today, those words that I prayed, you want to adopt those words. We pray this in Jesus' name, and you just say amen with me, amen, which means let it be so.